Shalom, shalom, and welcome back to another exciting episode of our continuing learning in the Sefer Lekutem Oran, Rabbi Nachman's magnum opus. We are continuing to dive into the fourth Torah, where we have been learning about how the apparent duality of Hashem in this world is actually just one, that there seems to be a good and a bad, but in reality, there's only good. And one day, by Yom Ha'hu Hashem Echad Echad, that one day He will be one and His name will be one, that means that we will recognize that everything, including those things that are perceived as negative, are actually for the good. We left off learning how when one does an Avera, God forbid, when one does a sin, there are letters associated with that Avera that are etched into one's bones. And one of the ways to remove that etching, remove those letters, is to make vidui devarim, to say confession, verbal confession, in front of a tzaddik, in front of a tamad chacham, in front of Moshe Rabbeinu. What does that mean? Let's continue to dive in. Here we go with Os Vav, letter 6. And this whole concept that we've been talking about is the idea of returning the kingship to its source. Because the source of Malchus is fire. As our rabbis of blessed memory say, What was the error of Nevat? It would really behoove someone to dive into this particular sugya in Maseches Sanhedrin, Daf 101 base, which provides a list of individuals that were not allowed in Olam Haba, that did not have a space in the world to come. So this particular individual was one of them. There's a fabulous happening, but in short... Nevat thought that he had something coming to him, but really it wasn't for him. He has multiple names also throughout Tanakh. The Sugin Sanhedrin lists out his many different names. But in short, he saw, as we're going to see right now, that he saw fire coming out of his member. And from there, he believed that that meant that the kingdom was his to take. But in reality, it meant that the kingdom was coming to his son. I definitely recommend someone to dive into the sugya in, in Sanhedrin and to learn all of the associated happenings in Tanakh as well that will fill out this piece of, of Lukut Imran that much more. But for our purposes regarding the scope of this year, it's to know that Malchus, the kingship, is connected to Eish, to fire. And the Torah itself is called fire, because there is where the Malchus comes, like it says in the Pasuk. The Pasuk in Yirmiyahu is saying that the words of Torah are like fire. Additionally, it's written, that kings will rule through me meaning through the Torah. So these two psukim let us know that one, the Torah is likened to fire, and two, kings rule through use of the Torah. And the main Torah, or the main emanation in this world of Torah itself, are the Torah scholars. What does that mean? As our rabbis of blessed memory say, this is a Gemara in Makos, Davchov Beis, Ahmed Beis, saying how silly or foolish are those individuals who know to stand up when a Sefer Torah comes into a room and then don't when a Rav walks into the room, when a Rabbi walks into the room. Many people understand that when a Torah comes out of the ark or when someone walks in with a Torah, we're supposed to stand up out of respect for that Torah. What the Gemara is letting us know and is hinting at is that perhaps there's, there's something lost 
on the ultimate respect that should be given to a Talmud Chacham, to a Torah scholar, who is a living, breathing, enacting Sefer Torah. That's on a higher level, is what Rabbi Nachman seems to be saying. The Sefer Torah itself, the Torah scroll, has thousands and thousands of halachot, of laws, pertaining to how it is written, what type of parchment we use, what type of ink is used, what the scribe is thinking, and how we break up the parshiot, how the letters lay on the page, etc., etc. And it's beautiful, and it deserves the utmost respect. There are laws in Shulchan Aruch, in the Code of Jewish Law, about how to treat a Sefer Torah. Of course, when it comes into a room, we should stand up. But additionally, how and when are we allowed to move a Sefer Torah? How and when should we wrap it up? And what would be the most respectful manner of that wrapping? These are very, very important things. But what must not be lost on us is that a living, breathing Sefer Torah, a rabbi, a scholar who has dove into the Torah itself and works to make the Torah real in this world, we use the term Torah's Chaim, that our Torah is a living document. It's living and breathing, just like the Jewish people. And if that's true, then how much more so should we give this ultimate honor to a Torah scholar who is a living, breathing manifestation of the Torah itself? And that which we've been learning about until this point is all connected to the idea that anything that went through the fire literally, must also again go through the fire. What is this verse in the Torah talking about? This line becomes a Talmudic principle and really a halachic principle in regards to the laws of kashrus, in the laws of what is kosher and what is not. When something becomes treif, not kosher, and we want to re-kosher it, if we have a pot or a pan or a glass that for one reason or another received what we call blios, absorptions of some type of non-kosher flavor, then what are the parameters around re-koshering that pot or plate or pan? Are we allowed to? How does it work? What is it made of? There are many different practical applications that most definitely should be discussed with your local Orthodox rabbi. However, what Rabbi Nachman is speaking about is letting us know this basic principle that if something went through fire, meaning it was heated up through fire, then the only way to recosher that is for it to go through fire. It needs to be under a blowtorch or, a, or some type of extreme heat, not what we call hagala or the, the dipping into boiling water or other ways of koshering and cleansing. It, if something went through the fire, it must, again, to become kosher, go through the fire. Now, what Rebbe Nachman's going to do is to take this halachic principle and throw it back into this beautiful tapestry that he's weaving. It's unbelievable. For me personally, a big part of the excitement of learning Torah's Breslov, the teachings of Rebbe Nachman, is the ability for Rebbe Nachman to make it real. It's not just that we have a bunch of checkboxes that we have to get done, and then when we do them, that's good, and then... On some other plane of existence, there are deep concepts that we can learn about and never the two shall meet. No, 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 says Rabbi Nachman. I'm going to pull these out, whether it's from Tanakh, from the Torah, from the prophets, from the writings, from the entirety of the Talmud, including all the way down to Shulchan Aruch, the code of Jewish law, practical application of law as we deal with it today. When learned well and learned correctly and brought through with the right teacher, in this case Rabbi Nachman is our teacher, it all connects. 
Every aspect of Judaism connects with every other aspect if you know how to connect them in the proper way. This isn't grabbing for straws. This is having an encyclopedic knowledge of all of these pieces and being able to properly execute their delivery. Thankfully, we have Rabbi Nachman to do that for us. Continuing in the Sefer. Dover Zebachinus Malchus. Ah, so what Rabbi Nachman does here... Before in this Talmudic principle, this halachic principle, we said kol davar asher yavo ba'esh, that any thing, davar is thing, anything that goes through the fire in order to become kosher must again go through the fire. Says Rabbi Nachman, this thing, this davar, is the concept of kingship. Bechinas malchus. How do we know that? Because we saw before that dabor, that davar, the leader, the manhig Yisrael of the Jewish people, is connected to words to speaking there's one person of every generation that will speak on behalf of that generation so this davar this thing that must go through the fire in order to become kosher is connected that davar is connected to kingship that this kingship has been drawn down inside the realm of impurity because of the warmth of the Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination. Kmonura be Amram, like the fires of Amram. What exactly are these fires? In Mesech's Kedushin, from where this quote comes, Rav Amram is saying, the Yetzir Hara, the evil inclination, he who tried to convince me to make the wrong choice, and I emerged victorious, I did the moral thing, that was me passing through the fires of my inclinations. He referred to his fires as his moral tests. Continuing, Ta'aviru va'esh, that it has to pass through the fire. What exactly is that talking about, that halacha? Tikkuno al yidei esh, that it is fixed through its passing through the fire. Hainu, namely, vidui devarim, the verbal confession, lifne tam chacham kanal. This is talking about a verbal confession that is done before a talmud chacham, before the tzaddik, before the Moshe Rabbeinu. So to break this down in a little bit simpler terms, as we have said, the kingship and a talmud chacham, a Torah scholar, are referred to as fire. And therefore, the words of a verbal confession correspond to malchus, which is davar, which is dabor. That kingship is connected to the words, which is connected to the ultimate leadership of each generation. So that when a person makes vidui devarim, verbal confession, in front of a Talmud Chacham, it raises the malchus de kedusha, the holy kingship, back to its appropriate level. And whenever this kingship is lowered to a place that it shouldn't be, meaning it went through fire, then it must again go through fire, which is called this confession. This challenging situation of a confession in front of a Torah scholar is called fire. So when there was a problem with the malchus and it was dropped down into the fire, it has to once again go through the fire to be able to be rectified. And this is the language of sin. That the combination of letters of a particular sin passed through a person's bones. The word Aveira doesn't mean sin. It means to go through or pass over, to miss the mark, if you will. It doesn't mean sin explicitly. So Rabbi Nachman is saying, why is that? Because when a person does a sin, the Tseiruf Ra, the negative combination of letters, pass through a person's bones and are etched there. Me'ever el from one side through to the other side. 
mitzvah and a commandment, Lashon Hischabrus. It's all about connecting. The word mitzvah has the shorish tzav. Tzav means to connect. So we can see the dichotomy. On one side, you have an Avera. When a person got, does an Avera, it goes through a person's bones and starts to break open his bones. While on the other side, when a person does a mitzvah, it brings things together. There's a connection that's happening. That when a person does bundles and bundles of commandments, Azai then, He brings back, he connects his broken bones. Like the Pasuk says, From Tehillim, that God should protect all of his bones. In brief review, that when a person understands that everything that happens to him is for his benefit, he begins to taste the world to come. And when you reach this level, you are freeing the Malchus de Kedusha from the exile amongst the nations, and you bring it back to the Almighty. How is this done? Through vidui devarim, through verbal confession to a Talmud Chacham, to a Torah scholar, which then unites the yud Ke and the vav Ke back with the Elohim and shows how both apparent kindness and apparent strict judgment in this world are really one. When a person messes with the Malchus, when they do an Avera, the sins go into his bones that breaks apart his bones. On the other hand, when he does a mitzvah, it brings his bones back together. Please God, we're going to continue learning about this process, bringing clarity to all of it and how it works. Wishing everyone a beautiful day.